Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from Fantasy Football Scout as we look ahead to game week one of the 2023-24 season. This time I'm joined by FPL General aka Mark. Mark, welcome. How are you? I'm very well, Joe. Uh, good to be recording with you again. It's been it's been a long time, long time coming. So good to good to see your face again on the old Zoom. Cheers. Yeah, excited. Not too far away now from game week one. So try and like everyone else to finalise these picks. So uh, I always find I feel quite settled with about two weeks to go. And when there's a day or two to go, that's when the panic kicks in. So yeah. I want to try and lock my team in Thursday night if I can, but it's probably going to be impossible. Yeah, it is. You start looking at things on, on uh, social media and seeing other people's teams. And you think, oh, maybe I do want that player. Oh, maybe I'm wrong about this player. But um, OK, so what we're going to do with this show is it's called General's Orders. So you're going to give give us, give yourself, give me, give give everyone watching and listening orders for the week. Um, and then we're going to look at your team to see how well you're following your own orders um, and then bring in some of the dile- dilemmas that you're facing, um, particularly around defenders um, and goalkeeper and some of those midfielders as well. Um, uh, meanwhile, um, just before we were uh, uh, recording, um, it is emerged that Harry Kane might be leaving uh, Spurs finally uh, it looks like an offer has been accepted but as I said he's not all 100% yet so by the time you watch this he may have turned turned that offer down from Bayern Munich he may be going we don't know we might not know until the weekend even um, so um, what we do towards the end of the program we've got a couple of dads from the dad's army uh, a couple of people have sent in their dad's teams so we're going to hack those apart uh, we'll get all for constructive advice probably hopefully the latter um, so, um, yeah, Mark, I mean, before we look at your team and the orders, I just got to bring up this Kane issue as well. Um, does that affect, does that change your, your, your thinking at all? I mean, how, I mean, I, I'm presumably you couldn't squeeze Kane into your team anyway. Yeah, I love a bit of chaos, particularly close to the deadline. I know t- people are just trying to finalise their teams and then a, a spanner could be thrown into the works. If Kane does end up going before the deadline, you know, a lot of people might be interested in Richarlison as a out of position forward at seven million. So, I don't think it will change my thinking too much. I wasn't looking at Kane anyway because of kind of team structure. I like the one premium teams, and Richarlison for me, I think he could be an excellent FPL prospect if Kane does go. But I don't really feel like I need to go there straight away, uh, particularly with the fixtures. I think it might be Brentford and Manchester United first for Tottenham. So, yeah. I think I've got Matoma at the moment with good fixtures in my midfield. Um, 
we'll talk about my order soon, but mm-hmm. if you leave some cash in the bank, a move from Matoma to Richardson, possibly game week three or game week four when Brighton's fixtures turn, I think will be a popular strategy. So exciting for FPL if Kane does go, I think, because Kane probably wasn't going to be in many teams anyway. And it hopefully will throw in another very good midfield option into the mix, which is which is already very, you know, very stacked. So yeah, it's it, it is a bit of carnage because we might we might arrive at Friday's deadline and not have an answer mm. and people will have a decision to make. So I, I'm playing some other fantasy formats as well. And it's kind of a, a set and forget team for the whole season. So I need to decide do you put Kane into that or do you do you not mm. take the risk? So okay. uh, it's gonna be that's gonna add a little bit of extra strategy to that to that side of things yeah. as well. Definitely, big big decisions to be made. I mean, for for me, I've got Madison already in my team, um, so I'm happy with that because, as you said, I mean that that Richarlison could be an option there, and so I could move down to Richarlison if he becomes a better option. Um, also, um, presumably, presumably, penalties will be out for grabs. Um, it's not 100 percent that Son will get them, or Richarlison, or Madison even. So um, well, I wonder if Madison might get them. That would be good. Yeah. Uh, how, how do you feel, Joe? If you've said you've got Madison in your team, there, you, does this? If Kane does leave, does that change your thinking, or do, are you still think you'll go with him anyway? Yeah, I'll still go with him anyway. I mean, I mean, Son and Richarlison aren't too shabby. Um, you know, South Korea and Brazil's you know main attacking threats, uh, or rather, you know, one of in Brazil's case. Um, and so there's still goal scorers there. Madison will still make runs. He's still on set pieces. Um, and if he's on penalties as well, if, if if he is on penalties, he's going to be a must own, I think. By well, a yeah. lot of people are going to think that um, and, and and want to get him in. So I'm quite happy with that. I'm quite happy with Madison. I think uh, obviously, you know, if you take Harry Kane out of any team, you're reducing the goal threat. But there's still goal threat, and maybe maybe it will aid him. But it's good good to have that place in there. And it's good that you're thinking about that as well, even with. Uh, you know, Matoma going up to Richarlison, maybe even Madison. Yeah, I've, I've kind of been, Madison's been on my mind this week. He hasn't been in too many drafts, but this week he has appeared on the watch list. He's appeared in a few drafts and mm. I'm not sure how I feel about the whole Kane thing. I would like Kane to be there to be on the end of the chances, yeah. but then on the flip side, I think there's a very good chance Madison could get the penalties if Kane goes. So like yeah. you say, if that happens, we're all going to be scrambling to get to Madison. So, you know, maybe starting with him is is the play. So that's what I need to chew on a bit more for the next next 24 hours. Okay, let's get the, your orders for the week up. Um, so these are the first three. These are the three main orders that we've got to follow. So you want to run through them? Then um, I've got them up on the screen as well for uh, uh, the viewers. Yeah. So three orders. The first one is safe picks for game week one. So my notes here say you know don't take risks in the opening game week. So that that goes along with things like you know avoiding new players to the league avoiding the promoted teams mm-hmm. and i've also kind of added this season teams in transition so maybe you could class chelsea in that category maybe tottenham to an extent as well you know new managers lots of new players all that kind of stuff so yeah when when i sit down friday and i've got my final draft in front of me one of the things i'll be asking myself is this are these safe picks do they kind of fit with my usual style of play is there anything risky here that maybe i don't want to do so yeah it's it's kind of proven fpl assets it's good teams it's good fixtures it's just trying to keep it simple and not basically trying to avoid getting caught up in bandwagons of players mm-hmm. that i don't really believe in for game week okay. one so yeah safe picks game week one fair enough i mean for, for my team thinking about that that um i've got pedro in my team um who is I would consider a risk, but uh, he's only five point five, and he's and I, and he's the only one in my team. Um, and I got it. I got him in before it was cool as well. He's gone up to about fourteen percent ownership. Uh, I got him in at five percent. 
Um, and you're a Brighton fan. So and I'm a Brighton fan. And he's the penalty taker. And it looks like he'll start. He's a record signing. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that small risk there. But I do concede I have failed in this order here. Um, um, what is the next one? Though? Ignoring ownership. I've just mentioned ownership for Pedro there. But obviously, we've, we've got three players with over 50% ownership. I think it's Saka, Haaland and Estupanan at the moment. So some huge ownership going on there. Um what your second one ignore ownership how do you do that <laughs> yeah and it's kind of related to a, a line that you yourself have used many times you know um points over pounds and, and ownership and all that kind of stuff it's i try not to look at the player ownership percentages as much as i can i'm one of those managers who would love if they if they hid the ownership going into game week one and then we don't have an idea really you can you can guess you can have a very good stab at, at ownerships because of fixtures and stuff like that and prices but just don't let ownership impact your decisions. You know, don't pick a player just because they've mm. got over 50% ownership. And I think Estupanen's a good example there. He's He is in my draft. He's been in most of my drafts. But I have slightly been toying with the idea just today and yesterday. You know, do I really, really need to go there? Could I go a Manchester City defender instead, for example, mm-hmm. who I don't currently have in my draft mm-hmm. or or even a Chilwell or something like that? So I'm questioning everything. I'm not looking at a stupid in, in my team and thinking he has to be there because he's dangerous if I don't own him. Mm. Uh, I'm looking, can I get a player, regardless of what their ownership is, to outscore a stupid in mm. over the first couple of game weeks? Um, like I said, nothing is set in stone until the deadline passes. So, yeah, don't let ownership play into your thinking when it comes to your picks is, is a good piece of advice. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the point with, with say, a stupid in, um, I I think his ownership is high, not because people are looking at his ownership and thinking it's so high, I've got to get him in. But I think people are genuinely looking at the fact that he's nailed on, plays for an attacking side, and they've got the first three fixtures are great, uh, the first two in particular for Brighton. So it's it goes back to point one, not taking risks. He's nailed on in an attacking side. And in pre-season, he's already got um, uh, shown his assist potential there. Um, yeah, and that again, like you say, it plays into point number one. That that's why he has been in most of my drafts yeah. because I do class him as a safe pick, and, and there's a good chance he'll probably stay. Yeah, definitely, it is it is tricky to do that, um, especially with so much information like, for example, live FPL each match, and you can see um, where um, your um, uh, rank is going up and down in a mid game. Um, now you mentioned the Man City uh, defender as well. Um, obviously, want to get a Man City defender in because Man City are good, <laughs> but. Also, I I think John Stones is getting on for a quarter of the game own him at the moment. And so presumably there's going to be a bit of interest in, say, Edison, uh, Diaz, etc. So you're starting to look at quite quite a hefty ownership for a Man City defence. So if they get a clean sheet, it could could cost non-owners. So once again, that's perhaps ownership does come into play a bit there. Yeah, and it's the the Man City one. It's when I sit and look at my most of my draft, it's it's Haaland only, mm. and I think to myself, if you're simplifying FPL again, who won the league last season? Who scored the most FPL points? It's probably Man City. You know, so why do I only have one? Mm. And the one player that I have, I'm not going to benefit from anyway because most people are going to have him and captain him. So, and I do, again, it comes back to fixtures for me. Manchester's fixtures, you know, first six to eight game weeks, I see a lot of clean sheets in there. Mm. I don't really want to pay a premium for a goalkeeper like Ederson. So I am looking at Ruben Diaz. I'm looking at Stones, you know, possibly Guardiol if we get a team leak. But mm-hmm. I think I'd probably spend the 0.5 extra for a Stones or a Diaz. And again, I kind of class Diaz 
and Stones as, as safe picks again. Yes, there might be some concerns over rotation, but you know, lots and lots of minutes last season. I think there'll be you know two of the first names on Pep's team sheet if they're fit. So I could end up there yet. Okay. Um, and your third order of the week. Yeah, third order is keep zero point five million in the bank, and I should caveat that caveat this with if you can, mm. and if you are. 100% happy with your 15-man squad because there'll be plenty of people out there who will pick a 15-man squad. There'll be 0.0 in the bank. Um, in that case, if you're really happy with it, I would say don't go out of your way to find 0.5. Uh, if you think a player is worth spending it on, that's fine. And you can you know figure things out later. But if you can, if you're happy with a squad that has you know 99.5, as we know, it's very frustrating at the start of an FPL season. The price rises happen very fast. 0.1 rise or fall, you're priced out of a, of a move. So that 0.5 can be very, very useful. So I am going to try and do that. But I think we'll see with my team shortly that I'm not following that rule in my latest draft. So that's something um, I might try and fix before Friday. Okay. Um, but, well, that is an order I have followed. Um, so uh, in my current team, I do have 0.5 in the bank. And it's because, it, it's because when you want to make, if you want to make a, a change in game week two, it's so frustrating. The price goes up. 0.1 and that's the equivalent of a 0.5 because because at the beginning of the season if you've got nothing in the bank that's it a point point one um you're, you're locked out but that 0.5 covers you for that covers you for that initial first couple of game weeks and you can make that move for example to a matoma to a richarlison um, exactly um you, you can you can make that move because you've got the 0.5 if there's no price changes but say there's but say you want to move matoma to and bomo um, um and Maboma goes up point one well you can you've covered yourself you can do that move and so i liked it i think i did it i think i've done it a couple of at least a couple of seasons recently um and at the beginning of the week i had about three million in the bank but as i explained on the goals imminent video with tom um that was probably a bit silly <laughs> so I've, yeah. I've i've only got 0.5 in the bank now and just on the 0.5 as well a lot of people will, will kind of go into the season planning to bank a transfer and give me two and they might think if i'm going to bank and give me mm. two Maybe I don't need to keep the 0.5 because I'll have the two free transfers. But, you know, we we often see it. There'll be a player, yeah. game week one, that we think, right, I actually can't wait until game week three for this player. I might need to just actually yeah. go and get him. Uh, so, yeah, that's why I think the 0.5 is, is important if you can do it. Yeah, I mean, we might also get some injury news, for example. I remember one season, um, you, you might remember this season as well, it was uh, when, when Chelsea were really good <laughs> and they had Drogba, Lampard, Maluda was good as well. I remember then... Um, uh, but there was some concern at the beginning of the season going into game week one around the fitness of Drogba and Lampard. And so I took a risk on one of them being fit. Uh, and I ended up, um, I think I got Maluda in as a, as a backup. It was one of, the, one, of the ways, one of the ways round with it. But basically you had three players and you, you went to, and I, I really made an error in that. And, and it became evident that the best two were obviously say Lampard and Drogba for the sake of argument. And so I could quickly move to them in game week two. And uh, I think I even did it for a hit and because it was it was that important. I mean, that's quite yeah. an extreme example. But yeah, definitely don't rule out a game week two transfer. I, I yeah, I, again, just on that, I, I remember it's it's probably only a couple of seasons ago. I don't know. I can't remember the specific player, but a highly owned player, part of the template, got a red card in game week one. And we were we were forced to move. Yeah, yeah early yeah. doors you know we couldn't bank the transfer yeah. then we had to yeah. get in a replacement so you know things will happen and we may not be able to bank so just keep that in mind yeah definitely and also um uh they could get th th that injury as well could affect i think it was uh, not not many people in fpl tend to go for allison 
in Liverpool defence. But you know, nevertheless, he still has an, a, a sizable ownership usually each season. Um, and uh, yeah, he he was one. Uh, it was a couple of seasons ago, wasn't it? He got got injured. That's right. uh, In the yeah. first game. Um, so then suddenly there was a cut price Liverpool goalkeeper for a few weeks. Um, okay, um, let's have a look at your team then and see how how effectively you've uh, changed that. And also, sort of, we'll go through some of the dilemmas you've got. I've, done, I've got some tables as we talk and and, and the fixtures as well. I'll put up. But um, if you sort of go through your team initially and then sort of go back to the goalkeeper and we'll we'll take it from there. Yeah, so just for the audio listeners, it's uh, Johnson and Goal, Chilwell, Gabriel, Estupinen, midfield of Odegaard, Saka, Rashford, Bruno, Matoma, Haaland and Watkins up front. And then on the bench, it's Ariola, Colwell, Bayer and Plange. And there's 0.0 in the bank. So straight away, I'm not following my own orders. And the reason there isn't 0.5 in the bank is Martinelli has been in most drafts. Mm. As we get closer to the season starting, I've got tiny, tiny concerns about his minutes. So okay. a manager like me who is very safe, Odegaard to me is better for minutes. And I've just replaced him just to see how it feels. Mm-hmm. But I think I'm going to end up going back to either Martinelli mm-hmm. or someone else, maybe a Madison, okay. for that little bit of cash in the bank. So yeah, straight away, I'm not following my own rules here, uh, my own order. So that's something I'm going to address before the deadline on Friday. Okay, well, we'll um, I've got a table with Mark comparing Martinelli and Odegaard, which I'll put up a bit later when we come to talk about um, midfield. But let's, let's start in goal first. So you've gone for a 4.5 Crystal Palace keeper Johnson with Ariola, who presumably might change to Turner, uh, who is moved from Arsenal to Nottingham Forest and his four million and, and looks more likely to start. Um, so um, I've got some I've got some uh, a table up on the screen of the best 4.5 goalkeepers from last year. So these are the 4.5 now. And 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 I've sorted it by um, expected goals prevented. I like this. Um, this means that they actively prevented these goals uh, from being scored. And Leno is the top on this list. Um, he's also top for uh, on this list for minutes per save. So you're going to get save points, and not net. Well, whilst they did get eight clean sheets, um, he will actively gain that team the clean sheet. He's a good goalkeeper. Um, expected goals prevented, getting on for nearly 10 that he actively prevented there. But Fulham did concede 51 goals, so they could have conceded a hell of a lot more if it wasn't for him. Eight clean sheets, best save rate. And Pickford's next up, uh, minutes per save rate, uh, pretty strong, 26.4. And he expected, he was expected, uh, expected goals were prevented with 3.5, so getting on for nearly four goals. He was actively involved in preventing um, Neto um, is next for Bournemouth. Uh, better minutes per save than Pickford. Pickford 26.4, Neto 23.8. And he um, actively, just him, prevented uh, 1.4 goals there. Johnston, flat. Um, he 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 prevented, expected goals prevented was zero. <laughs> but nevertheless, his minutes per save is pretty, pretty strong at 31.2. His clean sheets, just three. Um, but Chris Palace was sort of a team of two halves there. Uh, but uh, uh, but he um, uh, goals conceded were just just ten for him. Uh, Fabianski's on this list as well. Uh, then Steele and Sanchez. Sanchez now of Chelsea, and I understand that there has been an offer, I believe, from Bayern Munich for Kepper, um, which means that Sanchez should be the new Chelsea number one at four point five. Um, so yeah, lots to deal with there. Johnston's sort of middle of the pack, not the best. Um, and then you've got the possible Chelsea goalkeeper at 
but he's second best at, at Brighton. Um, and Leno is the standout. And he was in my very initial draft when I did this way back in summer because because of these these stats. So, yeah, what do you think? You happy with Johnston still? There is an awful lot going on, isn't there, with this goalkeeper <laughs> position? It's been absolutely bizarre this preseason. Mm. It's been usually it's one of the easiest decisions, and it's mm. for me it's probably the hardest decision this season which goalkeeper to go for. Um, you mentioned Ariola; he will definitely become Turner uh, as soon as FPL get their mm. get their stuff together, and he moves over to a Nottingham Forest player. So, the reasoning behind um, Johnston, I've always kind of liked him as a first of all the quality of him as a player, mm. as a goalkeeper. He's a good shot stopper. Uh, I think he's kind of perfectly designed for FPL in terms of um, saves and bonus points as well. Mm. Also was having a look in the scout members area this week. Just had, went and had a look back at the expected goals conceded of all teams last season. Mm. Crystal Palace actually were fourth, yeah. um, you know, behind the likes of City and, and the better team. So City's underlying numbers, sorry, Crystal Palace's underlying numbers were pretty good last season. Uh, that's another little tick in Johnston's box as well. Also, when you look, I don't really like rotating goalkeepers. I've never really done it. But if we are going to have Turner, and if he is number one, if they don't sign Henderson, you've always got the option, at least an option. If Johnson does have a tough fixture, Turner has a good one. And I think they do rotate quite nicely. As Turner rotates, I think, quite well with Pickford as well. But you've always got the option. Um, so that's on my mind as well. I, do, I, don't, I want to be open-minded. I don't usually rotate goalkeepers. But when we've got a gift of a four million goalkeeper, I think you've got to keep an open mind. You know, If he's playing a promoted team or something like that, you, you can't be afraid to start him and put Johnson on the bench. And if Johnson gets his 10-pointer against Manchester United or something like that, you just take it on the chin uh, because going into the game week, it was a, a logical decision. So Johnson at the moment is winning the race. Pickford, if I look at kind of the first eight fixtures, he works very nicely as well with Turner on the bench. Uh, Leno's, again, it's a bit of a bizarre one because his numbers are so good from last year, but I'm, I don't think I've seen him in any drafts. Uh, I don't know if it's like a Fulham factor or people just don't think he can repeat it, but he's obviously a very good goalkeeper and the numbers mm. show that. So maybe one of the most overlooked players in the game going into the season. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see how that one plays out. But I, I think I am pretty set on just spending 4.5 and having Turner. You know, I did look at Onana for a bit. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Uh, but I don't love the clean sheet prospects for United. You know, maybe first six to eight game weeks. New goalkeeper to the league. We'll see how he settles in. So I do like spending the, the 4.5, not tying up too much cash in the goalkeeper, just in case we need to go to a, you know, a Trent or a Salah, who I don't have in my current team. So... Yeah. Johnson's winning the race. Pickford's under strong consideration as well. I think it's probably going to be one of those two. Okay. Not, I mean, Steele, for example, 4.5. I mean, he, he, is, he is nailed to start the season. Um, it's, his, it's his shirt to lose. He's the league goalkeeper for Bruggen, I think, has been brought in mainly for Europe in the long term. So, um, Steele, 4.5. I mean, you save, save 0.5 if going for him over a Stupinan uh, immediately. Um, and also Sanchez in the mix as well. I mean, Chelsea's starting goalkeeper for four point five. Um, I mean, these are these are these sound like better prospects, perhaps, than relying on an Everton clean sheet most weeks. Yeah, it's flashbacks to mm. to last season when we had a four point five Chelsea goalkeeper, and mm. it was uh, it was very it was money well spent for a large mm. part. So 
Again, I just probably want to wait and see on players like Sanchez just to be 100% sure. Uh, Steele as well, I do agree. I think he's going to start the season. Um, but you never know later on what happens. When I think of Johnston, he's got no competition. Pickford's not really got any competition. So there's very little risk with those with those picks. And that's just the way I play the game. If there's any, even if there's a 5% risk, I'll probably just sway away. Give me a player who's 100% nailed. Okay. Um, so yeah, that's where I am on goalkeepers. Okay, I'll just, I'll just put the fixtures up on the screen. So just sort of road test that really. So you're looking at, say, say Crystal Palace. Um, uh, you go for them. So bad fixture game at two, play Arsenal. Um, and then uh, certainly game week seven when they play Manchester United. So game week two, if we go down to Nottingham Forest, yeah, they play Sheffield United game week two. So you can happily play Turner then. And Crystal Palace game week seven, Manchester United. And moving down the list, well, Nottingham Forest got a home game against Brentford, so it's a home game. Uh, they're much better at home. So yeah, that does cover it. Cover it covers it nicely. Um, with Everton, um, well, you've got a similar coverage there. They play Villa. In game week two, um, uh, but uh, looking at Everton's toughest game week five against Arsenal. Oh, hey presto! Nottingham Forest played Burnley, so yeah, you work that out well. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the Pickford Turner rotation is actually more attractive yeah, than the Johnston good, one, so yeah. I'm going to look at that a bit more. Okay, um, let's go back to your team. Um, and move into those those defensive um, slots as well. So you've got. Um, you got Chilwell, Gabriel Estupanan. Um, you, you mentioned that you might go for a Man City defender as well. Um, you've got Colwell as your 4.5 um, defender. Now, I don't have a table for 4.5 defenders because there's so many new ones as well. We've got new 4.5 uh, options emerging at Spurs, for example, um, and, and obviously a raft of promoted teams that have come up. We don't know if any of those fullbacks, for example, might become you know, the new John Lundstrom or something like that. Um, so um, yeah what's your thoughts about Colwell 4.5 and who else is in your thoughts as a if you want to stick with that that price point yeah I really do want to stick with a 4.5 defender as my first sub I don't really want to go to 4 million defenders particularly from two promoted teams so I said the goalkeeper is one of the hardest decisions I think another really difficult decision is which 4.5 million defender to go for I don't think there's a standout um Botman was in my first draft, but when you look at the fixtures a bit more, you probably don't really want him coming off your bench too often, first four or five game weeks. But I still might go back there mm. just as a plug-in, leave him there possibly all yeah. season. Um, I know people are worried about price drops and stuff, but that won't put me off. Colwell, if he starts for Chelsea, super value, but I think Barry Ashley might not be too far away. I do think Colwell will start the season, mm. but is he a safe long-term FPL pick? I hope so. But I can't say that right now. Whereas a Botman, you know, he's going to play. I've looked at Tarkowski more so if I don't go Pickford, maybe just as a, again, hopefully you're never going to need mm -hmm. your first sub too often. But Tarkowski, someone with a bit of goal threat. We looked at the Everton fixtures there. They're good the first eight game weeks. It was kind of interesting. Players like Pau Torres, Matty Cash, but I think there's too much uncertainty with Villa and Europe and kind of maybe a different system at the back this season. So there's enough uncertainty there for me to avoid as well. So yeah, I'm really struggling with this spot. Um, and again, if we're talking about Sanchez as a possible cheap Chelsea goalkeeper, I'm looking at Chilwell. Do I really want to tie up another spot with Colwell or should I keep that free? Players like Sterling, Nicholas Jackson. So, yeah, it's tricky. I could end up back in Botman okay. and just hope that I don't need him in the difficult fixtures. And then long term, I think he's fine. So, yeah. And interested to hear your thoughts on these 4.5. Yeah, well. I mean, I had, um, I did have a 4. I don't have a 4.5 slot at the moment. I have... Um, 
uh, Chilwell was my first sub because um, I've gone for John Stones um, alongside Gabriel Estupinan. Um, but Chilwell's there ready because I do want, I do think everyone's going to want Chelsea game week three for good reason because their fixtures do change. And so it's important to have those options there. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm quite open to having Chilwell and James. James could possibly be on penalties. And if he stays fit, having Chilwell and James, because there's so much uncertainty about their attackers. Jackson uh, hasn't done much to convince me so far um, in pre-season. Been okay, but it was Nkunku was the one I wanted. Um, so in terms of 4.5, just going back to those, yeah, Botman was in my thoughts um, and also Henry and Pinnock at Brentford. I do like Brentford defence. Just a nice, yeah. reliable. They're they're a, they're a first sub defence. <laughs> you know, they're yeah, really, they're perfect for a first sub. Absolutely perfect to come in. You might need them. You get an injury to any players, you can just slot them in. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've got Colwell in my Sky teams, um, but not my FPL side because I do have that worry that you have as well that whilst he might start. You know, it would be so frustrating when their fixtures turn game week three and then you go to play your double Chelsea defence and it doesn't happen. Yeah, and that, you really don't want to be making transfers on a 4.5 defender at any point. So that's why Botman and Tarkowski are yeah. more attractive yeah, yeah. to me. Even if there's slight downsides, one plays for Everton, yeah. one's got difficult fixtures. Maybe as a long-term pick, maybe that's yeah. that's the way to go. Um, I've seen, you're in a similar setup, I think, to a lot of people. Man City defender plus Chilwell on the bench. Yeah. So... We mentioned earlier that I am strongly considering a City defender. So what I've actually looked at in the last day or two is, I think if I go for a City defender, Chilwell might come out of my team again. And oh, maybe yeah. I go maybe I go City defender instead of Chilwell. Yeah. I'm asking myself, do I I know I'm going to want probably want Chilwell, so I do like the idea of maybe just getting him in to start with. Mm. Um, but I'm not as keen on the kind of City defender plus Chilwell on the bench to begin with. I'm probably not going to tie up as much cash. That's why I like the 4.5 defender. So maybe, you know, I think Ruben Diaz instead of Chilwell, possibly. And then, you know, maybe a stooping into Chilwell, mm. game week three, game week four around that stage. So that's just in my thinking at the moment. You know, do I really want to start with Chilwell mm-hmm. or can I afford to wait? Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, seeing Chilwell on the bench is never a, a nice sight. But at the same time, um, I come from a perspective of at the beginning of the week, I had three million in the bank. So now I've got 0.5. So I come at it from the from a totally different perspective, where um, I where I, I I don't mind having having Chiwell on the bench. I've got to I'm using that money to just invest for future game weeks, um, and I would prefer to have. I've always I mean I've been saying this and something that Mark was always you say Mark Southerns used to say on the Scoutcast as well, where he, where he he would do that. He would load up his bench sometimes with players he wants in the next month. And that's the way uh, I brought up on a previous video this week. Sionchu at Leicester, I got him in about eight weeks before Leicester's fixtures improved one season. And he was there ready and waiting. And I feel that with Chilwell. I'd prefer to have that um, because I, 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 I might want the James Chilwell double up. I don't know. Maybe. Um, I, don't want to, I don't want to lock myself out of it. But there are all, lots of options at 4.5. So, um, you know, both, yeah. both strategies could work and get lots of points. Yeah, do you know what? It's food for thought for me because I've been pretty set on the 4.5 million defender. Mm. But if I'm really struggling to settle on one of them, maybe I should be more open to going something like yourself, you know, maybe having that better fourth defender. And again, I guess my viewpoint with the 4.5 defender is I'm not tying too much cash up. So future transfers are easier in other positions. But on the flip side, 
what you're saying, which I like as well, is if you've got a strong 12th man, you're less, you have less need to make yeah. transfers. So it, it works both ways. Yeah. So that's something I'll probably explore in the next 24 hours. For example, well. yourself and many others have got three five two at the moment. Um, if you have, say, Chilwell on the bench and you've got a Man City defender, Arsenal defender, a Stupinan, um, it gives you the option to suddenly switch to four four two if um or or four five one even if say for example you don't fancy uh, one of the fixtures uh, or there's an injury to one of the other players. It's say as you said, it saves you that that transfer. But that is I have overdone it before in the past. You probably have as well. I remember one season where didn't Manchester United didn't play in game week one? Uh or something like that. And I got Marshall in because they had a really good fixture in game week two. Uh, and of course, as he does, he's just got injured, <laughs> tying his shoelaces up or something. Sneezed, sneezed and pulled the thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, so that didn't work out. So that planning too far, but yeah, it's that fine balance. But you know, that's 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 part of the game. Um, midfielders, um, we'll come to Odegaard and your Martinelli um, dilemma in a in a second. But you got Saka, Rashford, and Fernandez. I'm not going to dwell on them too much because. They're, they're in your team for good reason good fixtures good players risk-free I mean Fernandez is so risk-free that even when he's got broken leg he still manages to play and score but it's it's the Matoma so it's that 6.5 midfielder um, what are your thoughts about Matoma could he be another 6.5 and while, while you mention that I'll put up on screen a handy little list I've got of 6.5 midfielders from last season yeah, like a lot of managers, I'm struggling also with a 6.5 price point in midfield. Matoma's been in most of my drafts. Mm. It's kind of like a, a warm, cosy feeling because he was very good to me last season. But also the fixtures are good short term. Um, I also rate you know Brighton higher as a team over the likes of Brentford and Crystal Palace where you've got Mbumo and Eze. So Matoma's got, I think, a lot of ticks in his box. He might not have the penalties like the other two possibly have, which is on my mind. But... I just think these three, Bumo, Matoma and Eze, they could all be fantastic mm. and it's impossible to know to begin with. So I, I'm probably not going to overthink it too much. Focus on the fixtures. Focus on the team I think is the best and I can always switch to someone else later. And like you said, I want to have that 0.5 in the bank in case Bumo or Eze does bang a brace game week one and they're 6.6, 6.7. If I need to get them game week two, you know, I'll be open to doing that. So yeah, it's, it's a really tricky position, this one. Um, so I'll just read out these stats I've got up on screen just for the benefit of those listening to the audio version. Matoma is top for minutes per expected goal involvement, non-penalty. Um, a, a goal involvement is expected to get every 178 minutes. For Mbomo, it's 198 minutes. Eze, every 275 minutes. Bearing in mind the first half of the season was quite different for him. Uh, he was utilised a, a little bit different way. Surprisingly, in a more attacking way under Roy Hodgson. In terms of assists, Matoma and Bomo both got nine Eze just five in terms of chances created this is where Eze shines 57 he created uh, 51 from Bomo 41 from Matoma um, seven goals from Matoma and Bomo nine Eze 10 so Eze comes out tops then and starts as well so Eze did start a lot 30 games but he was in a slightly more different role earlier in the season and Bomo 36 he's as nailed as you like he fits in with with your um, don't take risks Strategy Matoma 24 starts at towards the end of the season. Brighton rotated more. We could see that more with Europe. So Matoma may not be a long term option. Um, but nevertheless, um, Eze got most points 159 
compared to Mbomo's 150 to Matoma's 138. So you can see here, I mean, all of them have got something going for them and all of them have caveats as well. Um, all of them could be great. So yeah, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, all of these are in my thoughts, um, possibly not to start the season, but to move down to definitely. Yeah. Have you got any, um, have you got any 6.5s in your current team? No, no, my midfield is, is Rashford, Fernandes, Saka, Martinelli and Madison. And just even reading that out, Sounds nice. feel really giddy. <laughs> um, but I, I can move down to a 6.5, but my 6.5 can't move up to a 8. So that's the way I look at it. Um, yeah, no, I think that's another viable viable approach. If we if we can't decide which one's the best, maybe just give it a couple of weeks and then you you might know and you can easily downgrade. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not ruling out maybe spending a bit more on the 6.5 spot. Mm. You know, Madison's, Richarlison's, these kind of players, yeah. but Matoma's winning the race for now. Okay, um, so um, you've got Odegaard currently, Martinelli, another great asset um, uh, at Arsenal, and 0.5 cheaper, which fits in with that initial order about having 0.5 in the bank. Um, what are your thoughts here? And whilst you speak, I've once again, I've got, I've been busy getting the tables done this morning. Uh, I've got a Martinelli Odegaard um, comparison table on the screen, which I'll read out the stats in a bit for the benefit of those listening to the audio version. So yeah, Mark, will Martinelli come in for Odegaard then? Yeah, I think he will come back in. Like I said, he was probably in my first draft. He's been in most drafts. Uh, and it's probably just one of those cases of overthinking when you've got too long of a preseason. Um, you see a player so long in your team, you're like, right, let me see what it looks like without him. But if the deadline, I think if the deadline was in five minutes time, I would take Odegaard out. I'd put Martinelli, Martinelli back in, get my 0 0.5 to follow my own orders. Um, so Martinelli, I think, will come back. The, the, other, the other thing I'm considering is, is Madison in that position. And rather than going with triple Arsenal, Go with Madison instead, and then you'd have one million yeah. to to spare. Um, or you could obviously use use that point five somewhere else. Maybe you know stupid into a, a a city defender and keep Chilwell or something like that. So there's 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 scope for for change here. But I guess my thinking on Odegaard was uh, he ticks my box as a very very safe pick. Again, going back to the orders, you don't have when you see the Arsenal team sheet, you know he's going to be in it. Mm. I do expect to see Martinelli in the team sheet as well, but just tiny tiny concerns yeah. or, or maybe maybe Martinelli's the 70 minute player Odegaard's the 85 minute player that would be my guess going into the season so but again Martinelli I rate him extremely highly such a good player I think he could kick on even more I think he's got the word at his feet I know yeah. you can say the same about Odegaard but FPL wise to me Martinelli's the, the, the guy who can get 20 goals yeah Whereas Odegaard is more of a, yes, he's got a lot of goals last season, but he's more of a, a De Bruyne type to me, the assister. So Martinelli, I think, will come back in, give me the 0 0.5 in case I need to move him at Toma or something like that after a, after a couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a similar thought process that you just ran through there to say, um, uh, you know, go go without Martinelli and Odegaard and that second Arsenal uh, midfielder and go for a Madison and a Matoma for example and then I looked at it and thought I had the money in the bank who's better Matoma or Martinelli and then I quickly changed because the answer is Martinelli he plays for the better team and he's the better player in that team and he plays uh, he was the furthest ahead I believe in the community shield um, he possibly faces rotation during the game I think I think he starts from Trossard, but Trossard could play as a false nine, so it's perhaps yeah. And even if say Havert starts a false nine, Trossard could come for in for him, and Martinelli could stay on the pitch. We don't know, um, but it goes back to that 
the, the risk there is much more minimal because he will get minutes and he could, will probably start. It's just the risk is will he last 70 minutes or 90? Yeah. And I think the thing I mentioned, you know, possibly double Arsenal instead of triple Arsenal, but I don't want to. I don't want to fall into the trap either of overthinking that because every draft had triple Arsenal. They've got great fixtures, mm. second best team in the league last year. So I think especially when they've got a great home fixture, not in Forest at home, you have a lot of injury issues. I don't want to have double going up a lot of managers who have triple. So I think I'll just make my bed with three and, and go with it. Okay. Um, okay. Um, so lots to consider for your team as well. We've got a couple more teams um, to look at. Um, these are, I, I mean, I assume they asked their dads, but they, they, they sent in their dad's teams. Maybe they pilfered them to show us. Um, but anyway, Tanmoy has done this um, and this is his dad's team. I'll read it out for the benefit of those listening. And you, you sort of give your verdict, see if it meets your orders. Um, Onana in goal. Um, in a 3-5-2 with Stupinan, Gabriel, Chilwell, very similar to you there. Fernandez, Saka, Salah, and Madison, and then Mbomo. So massive difference there. Salah has suddenly come in. Um, he's gone for Madison, and Bomo gets the nod as at 6.5. And up top, he is afforded that by having Pedro, um, penalty taker for Brighton, where well, we think he is anyway, um, and then Haaland as his captain. And on the bench, uh, a cut price um, defense got a cheap, cheap Luton defender. Got Mbama, uh, the um, probably third choice striker at West Ham, uh, to sit on the bench. And Bulldog, um, starting Sheffield United defender, four million. And Ariola, four million, who probably become Turner, we'd imagine, but may, may remain there. So, what do you think of this then? This is very different, and it's got Salah. Yeah, overall, you know, I would love to rip this team to shreds, but <laughs> as far as a as a salad draft goes, I can't really fault it too much. I, I do think Joe Pedro, he's been in my thoughts this week, but he doesn't really fit in with my style of play. I prefer a more secure Ollie Watkins three five two rather than worrying about what happens if Pedro gets limited minutes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, but if you really want to go Salah and Haaland, I think you got to go Joe Pedro. I think it could be a gift from the FPL yeah. gods this season. I'm happy to go there after three or four weeks if if it proves to be the case. Uh, Mbumo, again, absolutely fine. He's a 6.5. Uh, this team, I would change Ariola to Turner. Uh, I think that they can already do it because there's only double Arsenal here yeah. rather than triple Arsenal. The only concerns I have with, with Salah drafts are the bench. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's two 4.0 defenders. You don't really ever want them coming off your bench. But again, if you want to have Salah, you've got to make sacrifices. And it's, it's not the end of the world. You know, you're probably going to get minutes from all of those 11 players every week anyway. So there's a good chance you won't need the bench. So yeah, overall, um, as a dad's team, this is actually pretty good. Yeah. I, I mean, I would I would add in uh, that Bayer at Burnley um, could be a better 4.0 option. He was the sort of the flavour of the month at the beginning of pre-season, but he sort of dropped out of a lot of teams. And I was talking to um, Tom about it on the Goals Imminent video because I couldn't, he's still in my team and, and I was saying, have I missed something? Is he injured or something? He was going, no. And in fact, he scored in pre-season. Um, so his nickname yeah. is Beckham Bayer. Um, that's, a that's good enough for me. That's good enough for me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah good good, good tip about that team. If you are going to put Bayer in there, you you don't want Burnley and Luton defenders. So you're no. probably going Bayer and Baldock just for that gimme two blank. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, yeah, that's that was the surprise I saw that people have, have, have moved away from him. But yeah, he's another name to consider, um, especially with this team. I like the look of this team in, as a Salah team. It's, it's similar to mine, except mine doesn't have Salah in. So I'm starting to look at this and thinking, how can I get Salah in? But I realise now he hasn't got Rashford. Uh, he hasn't got Martinelli. Um, he hasn't got Man City defence. He hasn't got a bench. <laughs> So um, yeah, so yeah. That, again, that's a good example of the sacrifices that I'm not willing to make to get Salah. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's have a look at another team here. Super Ducks has raided his dad's team to present this to us. Um, so this shows it's got nothing in the bank. So I didn't know with the previous team whether he's got anything in the bank. I'm guessing it didn't because no. if Salah's there, you probably don't. No, uh, yeah, very unlikely. Yeah, I, I think I tinkered with that similar draft, and I don't think I could afford a Nana with that. So if he's afforded a Nana, he definitely can't. I can't, yeah. can't believe he has. So, um, so for the um, benefit of uh, those uh, watching, uh, looking at this team, um, I think I, I, I did, I did read out uh, Tamboy's dad's team, didn't I? Um, yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah, you did. Yeah, that's fine. Just want to check. Want to make sure safeguard the audio uh, listeners. Um, so, uh, Super Ducks' dad's team, uh, Nana with uh, Ariola as a backup there. Um, he's got Gabriel uh, Gravadio, Estupanan, and Chilwell as as a as, as a very good potential four there at the back. And Bayer, he's gone for my advice there with a four four point zero uh, Beckham Bayer. Uh, and then he's got Saka, Odegaard, Rashford, Foden. He's taking a punt on uh, Matoma as his six point five. And up front, he's got Haaland and Watkins. Um, and he's got Archer as well as his uh, backup there. Archer will probably get minutes, especially during Europe, but, you know, be unlikely to start. He's got, I can't see him placing Watkins. But, yeah, you can go for a few formations with this. Um, what, do, what do you think? Yeah, again, you know, speaking to you today and, and looking at this draft as well, I think the the four strong defenders rather than the mm. 4.5, it's grown on me. And it's certainly something I'm going to play with mm. uh, as we get closer to the deadline. Again, Guardiola, you're probably looking for an early team leak on that one. Yeah. Um, and, and if he's in there, great, go for him. Mm-hmm. If he's not in there, you need a backup plan. You don't want to be scrambling with with a couple of minutes to go. So maybe have a Gvardiol draft and a, and a maybe a you know a Stones or a Diaz draft as well. You'll have to, you maybe Onana goes to a 4.5. Again, with this draft, change Turner to Ariola when he's changed to Nottingham Forest. Foden, again, a team leak player probably. I, 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 th- I think... If there was no such thing as team leaks, I don't think I would go there because I just don't like the rotation risk. But if you get news that he's starting, absolutely fine to go there as a gamble game week one. There's no Bruno Fernandes here. He's been in every draft of mine. I just think he's an easy pick at his price with the fixtures, with the penalties. So if you do drop Foden out of there, you probably put Bruno in somehow with a saving some cash elsewhere. And I like the strike force. That's basically my strike force, Haaland, Watkins, mm-hmm. and a 4.5 forward. Yeah. So yeah, again, overall... Just you're probably just keeping an eye on the city team leaks, uh, yeah. and you might need to adjust from there. Yeah, um, earlier in the week we were talking about super subs as well. So if Foden is going to be a super sub, um, uh, owners shouldn't be too disheartened because there's extra minutes this season, time wasting, big crackdown. So we're going to see games get into 110th minute quite regularly. Um, if Foden's coming on in the 60th minute, he's no longer getting 30 minutes; he's getting much more time, and um, he'll be fresher. And the legs of defenders he's against will get weaker <laughs> as that time goes on. So um, I, I think Foden is is a reasonable piece, not to my taste, because not because I don't think he'll start, which, and I don't think he will. <laughs> it's because um, he can play in about four or five positions, but he's not the favourite in any of them. 
And that's what um, that's what gets me He's sort of a jack of all trades, but a master of none. And, I, and you, you want you want masters in your team. You want Rashford's, Fernandez's, Saka's. And that's what puts me off Foden. Yeah. Give me a give me a Madison all day long over yeah. a Foden. Yeah, exactly. You know, you know where he's going to play. You know what he's going to do. And and uh, you know you know he's going to start. Whereas Foden, there's so many ifs and buts. Um, but that's just me. I mean, and, and certain managers. I'm quite similar to you. I don't like to take risks. I follow your orders every week. Um, and that that one about risks as well. Um, if I do take a risk, it's going to be a, a much cheaper player. Um, in my case, Pedro. Uh, yeah. But uh, other managers aren't. They're much more risk taking. To be honest, they're probably the ones that win it <laughs> each year, each year. Um, but uh, nevertheless, um, thanks so much uh, to the uh, dads um, and their offspring for sending those teams in. Um, thanks, Mark, for your thoughts, uh, sharing your team and your dilemmas as well. Um, good luck with Gaming One. Good luck with the season. Uh, David will be back next week uh, to follow your orders. Um, uh, but for now, Mark, take care. See you soon. All the best.